<laughs> G'day everyone, thanks for joining us for People With A Passion. Today I'm joined by Jeremy Kendall, who is a basketballer, if you don't know who he is, out here in Australia, and he's going to be talking about uh, his faith, and he's wearing his Hoot For Christ shirt, so that's representing both what he's passionate about, which is basketball and Christ. So how are you, mate? Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, such a thrill to be here. Appreciate you having me, and um, looking forward to the session, for sure. Yeah, no worries. So I want to talk a little bit about you found or discovered Christ later in life, and it was actually through basketball. Do you want to talk a little bit about how you came to find your faith? Yeah, so um, I didn't grow up in church. My parents didn't make me go to church, or we didn't read the Bible, or say grace before meals. Um, in fact, I never even knew the who Jesus was, that he was the central figure of Christianity. Um, until about high school, I, I suppose. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it was high school. My, my senior year, we had a coaching change from junior to senior year. And um, yeah, the, the coaching staff brought in FCA, which is Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And um, I was fortunate enough that one of the assistant coaches was a worship leader at the church directly behind my house. Mm -hmm. So walk out of my backyard and I'm in the church parking lot. So I began going to church there and he began mentoring me and um, leading me on the court as well as um, in the game of life. So uh, yeah, that, that was my first time that I actually heard the gospel shared in a very intimate setting, small group setting where um, someone really broke down why Jesus died on the cross for, for sins. Yeah, so that was, that was when my faith kind of took a big step. I wouldn't have said that I'm a reborn Christian at that time. Mm -hmm. However, I knew who Jesus was, and I knew um, kind of uh, a better look at faith and through a different lens, I guess you can say. Yeah. So your early exposure to Christianity, you mentioned that there were mentors and that a coach, coaching staff were a big part of that. Who were those individuals and what um, did they offer you at that time in your life that you felt you needed? Yeah, so um, Chris Morgan was mm -hmm. one of the um, individuals who... Um, is leading the FCA at University of Louisville. Um, so, and also Steve Kerberg, who is the uh, who was the worship leader, who also I call my mentor. His dad was the pastor at Sunnyside um, Assembly of God, the the, the mm -hmm. um, church that I was attending behind my house. And um, yeah, those guys just uh, they just took me under their wing. You know, mm -hmm. and they just what did what did you feel was special about like for you to call someone a mentor that separates them from just an ordinary person that you'd know. So what makes them or made them a mentor for you? Well, actually makes them because you said they still mentor to this day. So what makes those people um, mentors or or why do you give them that that title? I think for me, it's uh, it was really like unconditional love. Mm -hmm. You know. They saw the potential in me as a basketball player. They knew that, um, you know, my capacity was a bit higher, and that I was going to have a chance to play in college and possibly mm -hmm. professionally. Um, however, that that wasn't why they were investing their time and knowledge and and resources and connections into me. You know, mm -hmm. the unconditional love of uh, I just I believe in this person, and no matter if they just play in high school or they go go on and play in the NBA, mm -hmm. you know, I, I'm going to invest in them. And I think that's, that's what a mentor is. You know, yep. it's someone who, 
um, is leading people for the right reasons, who has the right motives, and simply um, believes in the, the person that they are mentoring. Mm. So that whole belief system um, and finding someone who believes in you as a young person, uh, does that translate into what you're doing now? Do you feel that, that you're now taking on because of your opportunities, um, which I feel have earned, but you also said you felt gifted um, and, and that they've been given to you, they've been put in front of you and you've taken the challenge. Do you feel that that same approach that those individuals have had in your life that you're now in following the same path? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I believe that success ultimately boils down to um, leadership. You know, uh, success, you know, you... you uh, it rises and falls on leadership. Mm-hmm. So the leaders I've had in my life on the court and off have ultimately shaped me into the leader or the person, the basketball player, the the um, the Christian, whatever, uh, however you want to categorize me. But um, yeah, it's it, they have shaped me into the person I am. So um, with Jeremy Kindle Basketball, which is my skill and development um, business, no doubt the leaders passed um, have shaped me into being now the leader that I'm trying to be with my players that I train. And then Hoops for Christ, of course, uh, it's the same, same thing goes for that as well. Mm. Um, using the game to invest in um, the next generation and, and encourage them through the gospel. So there's a saying that I, I often inject into these interviews where I steal sayings, but I can never remember who said them. But uh, they're ones that I've picked up along the way. And one of them is that, great leaders don't want people to believe in them. They want the people they lead to believe in themselves. So how important do you think that statement is to helping others um, find their way in life? Yeah, it's it's absolutely crucial for leaders to be secure. So we need more secure leaders in this world, not just in the sphere of, of basketball, but every sphere of life. Um, because, you know, being secure and being positive and um, having the right energy and, and character and attitude, those things are contagious. In know? the same way as negativity can be contagious too. So if you're in an environment that's not overly good, uh, it's a negative, constantly negative experiences, that can define you as a person and how you feel it, not only about yourself, but about the world you live in. So how have you found that Christianity and your faith has helped you, I guess, break out of those cycles when you've been in those situations where you might have a negative experience. Do you find that faith draws you back to a positive experience? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, um, my identity isn't in basketball. Um, I'm not defined by what I do, but rather who I am. Um, My inward convictions, my belief, my... Um, attitude and character are the things that I'm going to um, take with me, you know, into um, after basketball and into mm-hmm. the next life. So, I mean, um, for me, yeah, it's just finding my identity in um, Christ and um, drawing hope from that and understanding that if I'm looking through a spiritual lens that I have perspective and small setbacks and what people think or, or say about me or you know, the, the coach in high school said I'd never play varsity basketball or torn ACL. Those things don't define me. Um, but my convictions of still, um, you know, 
pursuing my desires and passions despite my circumstances, that's what people will remember me for. Mm. And I think that does stand out, and it's one of the reasons I've asked you on the program is purely because I've seen your faith drive you through adversity. And you you mentioned that a varsity coach had said that you wouldn't make it, but you've made it to the professional level levels here in Australia. You've been a QBL, um, for those who don't know, you've been a state league, which is a regional a competition here in Australia. You've been the MVP of that league, and you've also been in another regional competition, which is all the southeast of Australia, literally the MVP and finals MVP um, in that league as well. So to have someone try and say you can't do something, uh, what would you say to young people that are having experiences where people are telling them that they're not good enough or that they can't do something? Yeah, I mean, I think so often we take on board the opinions of people who wouldn't even listen to our opinions. So think about that for a second. The mm. pe very people, no matter what their experience or um, no matter what their credentials are, um, and I'm not saying don't listen to authority. That's not mm -hmm. at all what I'm, what I'm saying here. But the, but the negative gossip and the negative um, words of death, really. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I see so many people just give up on their dreams because someone who has never tried to do the things they're doing comes out and says, you're not capable of doing mm -hmm. that. That's impossible. And they're like, mm. and they take those words literally. And that's why, you know, the Bible is very clear that through the, the tongue comes life and death. Mm. You know, so your words, either you're speaking life into people or you're speaking death into them. Mm. And for me, um, it, it was staying true to my convictions, no matter what the world was telling me, no matter what this coach said about me or that person said about me or um no matter what the circumstances were, you know, just staying true to myself and, and nothing is impossible mm. for those who believe. So what you're basically saying is that you're responsible for defining who you are, no one else. Why let anybody else be responsible Respons other than God? Right? Yeah, that's So cool. finding my identity in, in Christ mm -hmm. and allowing that to be um, the source of strength and the source of... Um, hope and everything that I draw from, um, then, then that's, that's where I find my identity from. So a lot of young people have aspired to be professional athletes and they've all been told probably similar stories to you, but you were invested in a dream, but your dream, um, has faced other adversities, physical adversities that given if other people in the same situation, they probably would have just quit. Jeremy Kendall is known as a big man on campus here at Bellarmine University, but many have no idea how many obstacles he's faced to get here. In high school, Jeremy was told that he would never make the varsity squad. He went on to make varsity and got a scholarship to only Central Junior College. But due to multiple injuries, he essentially lost two years of playing time. To go along with his bad luck, his mother suffered cancer and his father a stroke. So do you want to speak to how when you were younger in high school and going into junior college, you were faced with injuries that had you sit multiple seasons? Yeah, do we have enough time? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so my, my senior year in high school, I um, broke my navicular on my left foot. 
which is a small bone uh, kind of in the center of your foot. It doesn't get much um, blood circulation, so it's a very tough bone to heal um, just naturally just because of the lack of blood flow. And it was misdiagnosed as a sprained ankle. So I played two-thirds of my senior year in high school on that. Um, I ended up fortunate enough to um, sign to a junior college, uh, only Central Junior College, Coach Mike Burris. Shout out to, to Coach Burris for believing in me. Um, and I went there and, um, oh, excuse me, rewind. Uh, before I went there, I was doing rehab for my foot. Still, it just wasn't feeling right. And about a week before I went to college, I rebroke it. And um, so then when I got to college, it's like, Coach, I've hurt my foot. Um, you know, let, let's let's see how see, see how it go. But I can't really move, and mm. <laughs> and that's a tough conversation to have as a freshman in college at junior college. Um, but anyways, you know, he, he was gracious enough and, and showed me the support and we went and got MRIs and that sort of thing. And it comes back that you got a, a fracture in your foot. So I'm like, okay, well, what do we need to do? Like, okay, um, moon boot, crutches, give it some time. Mm-hmm. All right, do that. The first season goes through and after the season, it's still not healed. So we go back and they're like, well, hmm, maybe you should have surgery because that's the only way that this is going to heal. So about April 2007, after my um, first basketball season, didn't play at all, uh, had surgery. Um, the surgery didn't work. Mm. So fast forward about, I guess, all the way to August, um, August, September, November, around there is when I had my second surgery with a different doctor back home this time. Mm. And um, that time the surgery worked. So then I had to sit out my second year of college um, and in my third year of college, I go back to only central junior college and, um, my first day of practice, I break my other foot. Um, so yeah, I broke my other foot, my second metatarsal, uh, and it gets better. And then I sit out for about two months and try to come back over Christmas break. Mm-hmm. And I break that same foot again in my calcaneus. So... What does that adversity do for a young person's mindset when they're trying to pursue a dream and you keep coming across these hurdles that are physical hurdles? Uh, How does that affect you mentally? Yeah, I mean, again, it just comes back to that identity thing. You know, people find their identity in their circumstances sometimes or one setback or one injury. Um, You had multiple. multiple. A lot of people would quit, I think, after that. Some people would be stopping and saying... Well, my because I'm not just talking about playing basketball because you could go play pickup anywhere. We're mm. talking about continuing to pursue a career um, and believing that that's possible yeah. in, as a professional athlete. I had uh, two reliable, loving parents who allowed me to continue to pursue my dreams, which was hands down one of the biggest reasons I'm here in mm-hmm. front of you. Uh, us going through the medical issues has contributed to Jeremy uh, being a fighter. He knows that we fought through our medical issues as well as he's fought through his medical issues. Jeremy eventually found himself here at BU where he's won Great Lakes Player of the Year honors and helped to lead his team to their first national championship. Uh, I had people uh, like Steve Kerberg and Chris Morgan praying for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe in the power of prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just I I did not give up despite all the pain because um, you know there's there's a Bible verse that sticks out to me. Uh, it, it talks about temporary pain and um, that it doesn't compare to the joy that that you're gonna be 
um, experience in one day, you know? So that was your early history uh, as far as trying to face that adversity. You've just, um, you made it to our MBL, multiple contracts with multiple teams over the last two years, not permanent contracts. It was looking close this season that you would actually be playing professional on a full contract, but sadly in a three-on-three tournament you did your ACL Mm. so how has how have you managed to maintain that mindset um, Mm. that you're going to be back and going to be better than you were when you uh, before the injury yeah that's that's a great question uh, because it just seemed like I was just about to turn the corner Uh, I was playing some some really good basketball and um kind of at the peak of my career, you can say, 31 years old. Uh, hadn't really, really g- been given the opportunity to really show my worth. However, things were starting to turn. The tide was kind of turning, and then I tear my ACL. So it's frustrating, and you ask, a lot of people can ask, you know, like, why God, or, you know, like, how come, and woe is me. But, um, you know, I think it just turns back to the uh, the hope thing, and, and having that that great hope that although I'm presented temporary sufferings, um, there's a joy that God's going to show me one day that nothing in this life compares to. No, mm. no pain, no affliction, no adversity, no trials and tribulations can compare to this joy that I have in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so for me, um, as frustrating as it is, injuries are, and um, that's only natural to be feel all kinds of emotions. You know, you're you're upset, you're angry. Um, you start doubting yourself, you start, all these things can, can go through um, a person's mind when they become injured as an athlete. However, you know, I, I believe, um, you know, like the book of Romans says that God is working everything, everything mm-hmm. out for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Not working some things out, but working everything out together um, for my good. And that gives me great hope and and, and faith to keep pressing on but uh, there's it's not all bad neither life experience i'm picking on the bad stuff and talking about how your faith drives you but around the same time as you got injured you found that you're pregnant with twins with your partner nadia so so talk about that experience and and how that 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 here's a situation where you've hurt yourself but you also telling the world that you're about to be a parent Mm. it's um yeah, I'm uh I'm experiencing a little bit of emotions right now. Um, that that to me is uh the timing of how things happen in life. You just you just like put your hands down and say, okay, God, you're so you're so good, because um, we actually decided to stay in Brisbane and not pursue playing basketball in another country. So we're like, okay, well let's set set up shop in Brisbane. We got a great uh, church family at Hillsong up in uh, Mount Gravatt. Uh, great supporting cast here, um, Andre Lamanis, Richard Clark, C.J. Mm-hmm. Bruton, those guys, Sammy McKinnon. Um, you know they they really support us and and me as a player and a person. Our great teammates here. Why move away from the cloud? Mm-hmm. You know this is where the cloud is. And in other words, this is where you know um, the harvest is going to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have such good connections here. So we're like, man, stuff pursuing basketball elsewhere. Let's just stay here and see what happens. And a week later, maybe 10 days later, um, Nod's found out she was pregnant. 
So we're like, okay, confirmation, boom. Um, we made the right decision to stay here. And yeah. I was still playing three on three. So that was like weekend things. Yeah. And I actually went down to Southland and played two games over a weekend uh, to help those guys out. But um, yeah, we decided to stay. We decided like plan our roots here. She fell pregnant and then um, I tore my ACL. Mm. So it was just like a chain reaction. You know, we were like, okay, we want to stay here. We want to pursue JKB, Hoops for Christ, really invest in this community, use the game to help people, give people hope, and really plant ourselves here. And we literally planted ourselves mm. here with a family. Yeah. Um, and so God laid down the roots for you and said, right decision, this is where you need to be. And there was and there was just decision made. It's made for you. Yep. So now let's talk a little bit about Hoops for Christ. You're sporting a let's pretty cool shirt there, the Hoops for Christ. What, what's your history with Hoops for Christ? It's one of the reasons I said I connected with you is because I identifi- identified how important your faith has been to your um, sporting history. And you are identified at the peak of your career. You've got an injury there, but that's an injury that a lot of people come back from, some stronger than before. And given um, how you know you've recovered from other injuries, probably those experiences prove that, yes, you can come back mm-hmm. from what most people would, like I say, quit on. Mm-hmm. But with the Hoops for Christ stuff, how long have you been involved with the Hoops for Christ and things of that nature? Yeah, um, just to share what, what Hoops for Christ is quickly. Yes. Um, it's just um, a, a basketball ministry that uses the game as a platform um, to really encourage the next generation through the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, my great friend, Phil Morrison, um, is the founder of it. And he uh, played professionally in many countries, um, the Philippines, one country in particular. And um, that's kind of where he drew the inspiration to start Hoops for Christ. And if you're familiar with the Philippines, it's, they Nuts. love their basketball, yeah, but it's a very um, a third world country. It's it's mm-hmm, rough, mm-hmm. you know. And he was um, training players who didn't have shoes, training players who didn't have basketballs, and going out into the slums and running clinics, free basketball clinics, mm-hmm. just for his love for basketball and people. And that's kind of where Hoops for Christ um, was birthed. And uh, he brought it back home to Louisville, Kentucky, which is um, that's where Bellarmine University is, mm-hmm. where I played. And it's crazy, the connections you meet in life. Steve Kerberg, back to my mentor, mm. hooked me up with Phil um, when I was in between my contracts in Morocco, I think, or just after my second year in Morocco, before I came here to uh, Toowoomba for the first time. And he was like, I got this guy. You got to let him train you. Um, Christian guy, um, loves ball, awesome at what he does hooked me up with him and um, he began training me and I was like, yo, what's up with your Hoops for Christ clinics? Mm. And he's like, okay, well, come along, you know, and he just really mentored me as well and was my trainer and good friend. And, um, you know, we, we do Bible studies together. I, I help him out with um, with the clinics. And, you know, when I came over here, he's like, Hoops for Christ Australia, you know, mm. and I'm like, I'm digging it. Let's do it. And um, he was like, you know, he gave me he, he gave me the freedom to represent the brand and said, look, you can be the director of Hoops for Christ Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the blueprint. Um, I love you. We're praying for you. Do your thing. And uh, so blessed by him and his family and the opportunity to represent this brand. Mm. So that's a good history and a, and a, a good story 
as well on on that. You you also mentioned the FCA, I believe, is Fellowship for Christian uh, Athletes. So so what makes the two organisations different? I'm guessing one is because they're the ones geared around education. Do I understand the separation there? They both ministries um, using one's using sport, the other one's using basketball specifically. Yep. So just so I understand and and audience understands um, the difference between the two. But what was your experience uh, with FCA and how has that translated into your approach with the Hoops for Christ? Yeah, so I mean, um, yeah, FCA, to answer your question, um, is every sport. Um, Hoops for Christ is is just basketball specific. Um, And yeah, FCA, I met some phenomenal Christian leaders um, and some phenomenal athletes that are just simply using a different sport mm-hmm. to glorify God and to use their gifts. Um, and that's how they find purpose. And um, yeah, Hoops for Christ is uh, obviously basketball specific. That's I guess that would be the, the only difference, really. Mm-hmm. Same mm-hmm. mission, use a sport or use this tool or this resource or this platform to, um, I guess, um, reach people share the gospel and hope um, that you see changed hearts and minds mm. and people come to Christ. So a lot of people go through life and they're, they're lost and they don't feel um, actually to steal a word you just used, purpose. Mm. So how important is your faith to grounding you and giving you purpose beyond just the sport of basketball? Yeah, I mean, um, for me... It was so hard to find purpose outside of Christ because uh, you think about the truth is we're, we're either a product of evolution or we have a creator. Um, that is truth. There's one or the other. And, um, you know, if we if we, if there's no creator, we don't have a God, then then everything is permissible. Mm-hmm. You know, who can tell anybody that lying or cheating or or, um, you know, murder or rape isn't wrong, but we have that in the Bible. We have that law, that um, those Ten Commandments or whatever to follow, and uh, we have a conscience. Yeah. So we have an inward conscience that says, you know, okay, like, because that is a that is a good point actually that I hadn't considered, but you're bringing it to light. My faith is a relationship. Like I have an intimate relationship with the creator of the universe. Mm -hmm. So I'm not following a set of rules. Although um, the laws you want to follow, Jesus didn't come to abolish the laws. He came to fulfill them. Mm -hmm. So, um, but good works alone, um, your your good checks um, being more than your bad or how much you tithe or how many times you pray or if you go to this church versus that church, that stuff is not going to earn you salvation. There's... Uh, Ephesians 2 says that it's it's by the grace of God we find salvation, not through works, so that no man can boast, yeah. right? So it's solely grace through personal faith mm-hmm. is what Christianity is. And I think that's the biggest difference is, you know, the faith of Christianity, we have a living Savior in Jesus Christ mm. who lived a flawless life and was resurrected on the third day. And we wholeheartedly believe that, and mm-hmm. that's why we go out and do missionary trips to, to share the gospel. Jesus is the only savior mm-hmm. of the world mm-hmm. in any religion. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
So you mentioned a couple of Bible verses in our conversation, and I wanted to know, are there any verses that actually stand out for you as an individual that have helped in, in some periods of adversity uh, that have basically touched, hit a chord with you at yeah. that time? Yeah, um, I'll just share one. It's um, kind of uh, one of the verses that we use quite often in Hoops for Christ, and it's actually on the back of back of my shirt here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Proverbs twenty seven seventeen. It says, "Iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another." Mm-hmm. And um, it's a very, very short verse, and it's very, um, but it's very direct. Like mm-hmm. you're either sharpening people in this life or you're not. Mm. And when you do sharpen people, people as iron sharpens iron, sparks fly. Mm. So people, people don't want to have confrontation. Like if you think differently or, or you have a different set of views as someone else, it's like oh, now I don't agree with that person, so I'm going to hate them. It's like, no, like their sparks are going to fly if you're sharpening one another. Mm. Just because someone thinks differently than you or was raised a bit different, um, it's, it's about the whole word, you know, inclusion, mm. you know? And uh, I think that verse really, um, you know, you're, you're open to allowing people to make you better as well as taking it upon yourself to sharpen others mm. and make them better with what you know and the resources you have, and the gifts you have, and and um, the connections you have, and I think that verse uh, hits a uh, hits deep in my heart. Yeah, I well, I I hope that uh, people are actually feeling that you're sharpening them right now with our conversation and helping them find uh, what they're looking for. But are there any sort of things with young people today? Like, there's always an empathy gap. They say as we get older, mm. so we forget what it was like to be what the youth of today are like. We were there yeah. once, but it's easy for us to forget and just go, what is wrong with this, these these kids? But if there's anything that you think would be relevant to, you know, younger audience that might be watching this, um, any verse or, or something that's been imparted to you that you feel is, uh, you know, is relevant to today that youth should be heeding some message? Yeah, yeah. Um... You know, I think, um, you know, Proverbs um, chapter 3, verse uh, 5 and 6 for me is um, is a verse that uh, that holds holds dearly to my heart. And um, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll make your path straight. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a verse that has... Um, meant a lot to me in a, a lot of different seasons of my life and will always be um, applicable because um, we, we go through things in life and we don't understand why, my ACL, my foot mm-hmm. injuries. Do you but always pe- ask why when those things come up? Or do you actually go through the process of asking why or is the faith that strong that you just accept, well, this is where I'm meant to be and things will be good will make this good because I have my meant, moments you do I have my moments um is that do you think it's there to challenge you do you think you be that we are constantly challenged is that part absolutely. of God's plan well, well I believe that ultimately um you know like Genesis says you know we were made to reflect the image of God mm-hmm. so that's not height weight and color or facial features mm-hmm. that's images inward character mm-hmm. so it's a constant life is a constant um development of character um, process. Mm. And um, 
that's that's the thing that we it's hard to really fathom how something that brings you pain temporarily is making you better for God's calling on your life and you know his purpose for your life but we have to trust again it comes back to the trust you know mm. trust in the Lord with with all your heart and not try to figure everything out or have all the answers or lean on your own understanding mm. um, but you know, do things his way and he'll make your path straight and he's going to work out everything for your good. Mm. That word that you just mentioned temporarily, that mindset to say, well, this isn't how it's going to be forever. Do you think that some people don't understand that that pain is temporary and therefore they lock themselves into a cycle where they just cannot escape and that, that that's maybe perhaps the strength of having faith or belief in something external to yourself like god and understand that that with the support of of god or a creator that that you'll see this through whereas others they just focus on on the the pain Mm, absolutely i mean that perspective is key in life perspective is key um you know god loved every single individual me and you my wife over there in the other room and everybody watching as well as all of humanity, you know, the book of Hebrews said he came and died once for all. Mm-hmm. He didn't die for just the religious. He didn't die just for the spiritual or just the white or just the black or just the rich or just the poor. He died for all. So he bankrupted the heavens, giving us Jesus mm-hmm. um, to die as a um, ransom for our mistakes, mm-hmm. our sin, as the Bible says. Um, and that should, that right there alone, him bridging the gap from earth to heaven, from sinner to a holy, righteous, flawless God, heaven where there's no pain and no sufferings, mm. no more tears, where we can dwell in eternity forever with our Creator. That right there gives me like the craziest amount of perspective. I'm like, okay, like this little ACL is nothing mm. compared to the joy that's coming, you know. And I think that that's so hard to um, and that's really. A, that's where temporary comes in because when you said it, I'm thinking temporary, short term. But temporary for you is you know that. Life is temporary. Absolutely. That beyond this, that there's a destiny that we meet our creator. And that for you, I'm I'm identifying that I'm thinking temporary ACL, but what you're in effect saying is all pain's temporary. All of it is. All of it is. The Bible's very clear that um, heaven's going to be pain-free. Mm. Um, hell's not. Mm. And if you believe in heaven, yeah. you need to believe in hell as well. Mm-hmm. And that's eternal punishment, uh, weeping, and it's not a cool place. That, um, that makes sense no too. No pun intended. If, but... if, if, because there's a lot of binary in nature. Mm. So it's only natural, like male, female, like you know, Chinese talk about yin and yang, this concept of opposites. Mm. Those who believe in God but may not believe in a hell, it's all around that things are binary. So it would only naturally say well that thinking wouldn't be the correct way of thinking because there are people who do believe in um christ and god mm-hmm. but they don't want to choose to believe that that hell exists or yeah. even satan so it's, it's a tough thing to grasp because um you always ask the question well if god's all-knowing and all-loving you know why is there hell why mm-hmm. does why do people um and I don't, I don't have the answer for you all i know is that um you know we were born into sin because of the fall, a.k.a. Adam and Eve eating the fruit. 
Um, and that wasn't just in itself, just eating the fruit. That was actually not following the commandments of God. Do not mm -hmm. eat from the tree of, you know. And um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to grasp that there is a hell. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, like, um, Jesus paid that price. You know, we actually, because of our sin, you know, so, so the Bible says that because of our sin, we're separated from God. Mm -hmm. And that separation... Um, like I said, there needs to be a bridge. And the only way to make you right with God is to believe in the work that Jesus did on that cross. And if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, then you will be saved. That's what the Bible says. Um, so um, it's hard to grasp that hell is real. However, like I'm here, I need to tell people about this Jesus because according to the Bible, he's the way, the truth, and the life the only way to to heaven and it's not about anything you can do for him he paid it all on yeah. that cross and that's that's the gospel you know that we're sinners and because of that because of our fall um we need a holy righteous perfect savior god sent him down bankrupting the heavens giving mm -hmm. us jesus and that 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 gap is bridged through the um perfect um sacrifice of christ for our sins mm. It's very powerful stuff when you think about the narrative of, of everything you've said there. Awesome. Is there anything you'd like to add to the to what we're discussing here today? Is there anything you want to contribute that you've thought of that I haven't covered? Um, Man, thank you for having me, first of mm. all. Uh, this was good fun. And um, no, I think, uh, I think for me, um, the people watching this, um, I think... Uh, no matter if you acknowledge, believe, or even can comprehend the truth, mm -hmm. the truth will prevail. Mm -hmm. The truth of history, the truth of your history, the truth of life and what it's all about. And um, no matter if you you know run away from it, deny it, or suppress it, it will prevail. And uh, it'll set you free. Mm. And um, the Bible said that Jesus, well, Jesus said that I am the truth. I am the way. I am the life. And uh, when you seek Jesus, I think that uh, the truth will find you. Mm -hmm. And um, it'll set you free. It has for me. And That's I awesome. hope that it does for everybody watching this. No worries. Thanks for your time and thanks for taking that coming up and, and uh, sharing your experience and how you've used your faith to overcome adversity. It's um, demonstrated in our conversation how passionate you are about your faith. And hopefully some people who are watching this will draw some inspiration from it and maybe find themselves in church this weekend. Awesome. Appreciate you, Craig. Thanks for the time, mate. Yep. Awesome. Thanks for taking time to watch this video. If you enjoyed what you saw, please give it a thumbs up. If you haven't yet subscribed, make sure you smash that subscribe button and also hit the bell button to get notified when new interviews are uploaded. Once again, thanks for joining us and hopefully we'll see you again sometime. Catch you later.